On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we explore and celebrate the drama, beauty and hospitality of the Ruapehu district. Family frolics in Oakune, military history in Waiudu, ride the Skywaka, strike out on some alpine hikes, ride the rail carts in the forgotten world and discover the delights of Reitahi. Welcome back to Kiwi Tripsters. Buckle up and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Chris Lynch. Welcome aboard to a fresh edition of Kiwi Tripsters. I'm Chris Lynch. I'm Mike Yardley. It is good to see you, Mike. Very good to be with you. Let's start our travels through the district and at the Southern Gateway, Waiuru. How engaging and amazing is this museum? It is tremendous, Chris. I am one of those motorists who, over the years, have been zipping along State Highway 1, get to Waiuru, see the museum on the side of the road, and I think, oh, I'll do it one day. And I never have until just the last month or so. It's the most magnificent museum, which does the most incredible job taking you through every theatre of war that New Zealanders have been involved in, starting with the Boer War. They uh, they have this incredible entrance to the museum, Tears on Greenstone, this memorial wall of Punamu, and it's actually the largest jade structure in the Southern Hemisphere. But the interesting aspect of this wall is uh, every army recruit who graduates from training at Waiuru, they have to swear their loyalty to the Queen in front of this memorial. And the names of every New Zealand soldier who's ever died in battle um, are just constantly read out on loop as that water, that veil of water, descends down the greenstone. It's um, a really striking entrance. Um, The personal exhibits in the museum are also really poignant. Things like the uneaten box of chocolates Queen Victoria sent to every Kiwi soldier as a New Year's gift when they were fighting in the Boer War. Um, There are some magnificent sets and dioramas of uh, battles that New Zealanders have been involved in. They've got a new kid space, which is primed with interactive features. I had this most amazing guy to Daniel, who looked a bit like Harry Potter without spectacles, but he actually became more engrossed in telling me about all the ghost um, happenings at Waiuru. He reckons that every museum staff member has seen and or heard weird stuff, believe it or not, Chris. Ooh, okay. The Tangiwai Memorial is just five minutes away, Mike. It is definitely worth a stop here. It's such a magnificent, lovingly maintained memorial. Uh, So well done to the service groups in the area who uh, do such a great job keeping it in top condition. You can see the remains of the old Tangiwai Rail Bridge that collapsed as a result of that lahar flow right alongside its replacement. And the, the sense of history there is just so raw. But it's the stories of the battered teddy bears and Christmas presents that washed up from the river in the days following uh, the the derailment of that of that train going into the river, that really embodies, you know, just how wrenching uh, this tragedy was, Chris. 
And of course, there are some quirkier, smaller museums as well to look at. Yeah, right uh, close to Awakune, I do love stumbling upon an unexpectedly good museum in small town New Zealand or something quirky. And Raterhe has got a star specimen in the dinosaur house. It's only been open a year on the main street in an old county council building. And um, uh, the people who run this, Ian and Sarah Moore, they are self-professed dinosaur obsessives. And uh, you will just be gobsmacked at the trove of exhibits. They've got dinosaur skeletons, animatronics, full-size reconstructions, Jurassic uh, Park vehicles, some really cool movie memorabilia like the suit Sam Neill wore in Jurassic Park. So if you're traveling with kids, uh, it would be bordering on child abuse not to take them to the dinosaur house in Raytahi, Chris. Well, since you mentioned it, what about Awakune? How amazing is this? It is such a perky mountain town. Uh, of course, the landmark most beloved is the big carrot on the right side of the right uh, side of the road, and it's now got a supporting cast of vegetable friends in Carrot Park and Playground, which once again kids just love. And you'll recall that whole um, fad we had with Pokemon Go a couple of years ago in the park. They've actually got this really cool augmented reality game that will titillate your kids. Very much like Pokemon Go, but based around all of the the vegetable characters in the park. Um, Owakune is such a great roost. I went to a place called the Powderhorn Chateau for a couple of nights, and it's sort of like a European Alpine Lodge. Very, very, very cool. Very sociable. Uh, the Powder Keg Bar there is just renowned not just by locals but you know visitors far and wide for its service its atmos and in the cooler months i've got this cracking fire but the food the cuisine there oh my god i just ate myself around the clock at the powder keg bar and restaurant from Owakune, how's the big bike ride on the old coach road Brilliant, Chris. First up, I uh, hooked up with TCB, who are uh, the rental and guiding specialists uh, for all things adventure in Awakune, and um, they kitted me out with a top-of-the-line e-bike for this 15k ride, which connects Horopito with Awakune. At the Horopito end is the most incredible site, Smash Palace the Car Wreckers, Horopito Motor Wreckers. Now, these are the guys, this is the site that featured in Goodbye Pork Pie and has appeared in many other uh, movies as well. It's the most incredible site, the largest vintage car dismantling site in Australasia. Um, so the spectacle there is pretty cool if you like rustic beauty. The cycle trail is mind-blowing. Its reputation is as being one of New Zealand's best day rides. It's not too taxing. Um, you are riding on an old pack track, a restored cobblestone road, pretty much strung around the foothills of Mount Ruapehu and through some of the National Park Forest. But it's the Victorian engineering, uh, those Herculean railway viaducts that are the runaway highlight, Chris. Well, interesting you say that because can you ride across the viaducts? Well, I was intrigued because, yes, the second one you can if you're leading from, uh, leaving from Horopito to go to Owakune, the first one you come across, you do not want to set foot on. It is fatally rusted. So, no, great backdrop for photos, but don't stand on it. Um, the second one, the Hapu Whenua Viaduct, is good to go, whether you want to walk across it or bike across it. It's so colossal. 
this magnificent curved structure. It's actually the longest viaduct in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, nearly the length of three rugby fields, and you're 45 metres above the river. I dare you to look down the sleepers when you go across it, um, but it's just the most riveting spectacle. You're with Kiwi Tripsters. Mike, how busy is the Tongariro Alpine Crossing going to be this summer, particularly since we can't go overseas? Do you reckon it's going to be humming? Yes, the intel from the local operators, Chris, is it is going to be a boomer, uh, particularly because for Kiwis, they've got the novelty of being able to savour the crossing without the hordes of internationals. And in you know, recent summer seasons, you've had... Um, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of international visitors uh, jostling with Kiwis on that alpine crossing. So it can sort of turn into a bit bit of a Sherpa line (laughs) uh, as opposed to a blissed out wilderness walk. So yeah, if you've been itching to do the crossing, to see those volcanic peaks and emerald lakes, this summer would be a plum opportunity. Um, I do love it how beautifully raw and textured that landscape is up there, Chris. Do you have to be accustomed to alpine hiking? No, and I think this is interesting um, uh, and worthwhile pointing out. You do not have to be a mountain goat. You probably will want a reasonable level of fitness, um, and you'll want to be wearing decent clothing, not the jandals and the shorts that a lot of Kiwis will go up in over summer. Don't do that. Decent footwear, decent clothing. Um, If you want to plump for a guided summer hike, I was chatting to the guys at Adrift, Tongariro Guiding, and we'll uh, hear from them in more detail a bit later on. But they will kit you out with all of the the, the attire you need. They'll give you an energy-loaded lunch. They'll sort out your return transfers. You've got the storytelling expertise so you'll be in safe hands. But yes, Stu Barclay from Adrift will join us shortly. What about some of the short and sweet walks, Mike? There are so many in the Ruapehu district, Chris. I hadn't previously um, previously appreciated just what a rich array of fabulous walks they've got. Just to give you a couple of quick examples, Lake Rotopunamu is a local favourite. As the name suggests, the lake is the colour of greenstone. The, uh, the bird life uh, in the forest wrapped around this little lake is just extraordinary. And the forest itself, the primeval podocarp trees, um, are truly um, inspiring. And the reason that they really do uh, leave you gasping is because this little stand of forest is a true survivor. When Topo blew, 1800 years ago in that massive supervolcano eruption, the, the, the pyroclastic flow, as it's called, didn't go over this particular part of forest around Lake Rotopunamu. It was saved. It was spared. So that's really cool. Um, close to Chateau Tongariro, there are so many really cool tracks. I really love the Tafai Falls Walk. It's about a 10-minute walk. Short and sweet personified. Um, And it takes you to the most magnificent waterfall, tumbling over the edge of an ancient lava flow. And it's one of the two waterfalls used in Lord of the Rings that depicted Gollum fishing. So its nickname, if you Google Tafai Falls, you'll see on Google, it will often come up as Gollum's Pool, Chris. What about the Taranaki Falls, Mike? Yeah, that's a two-hour return walk just uh, behind the back of... 
uh, Chateau Tongariro. So if you're up for a for a, a, a reasonably sized hike, uh, it's a six k hike. Um, takes you through great uh, terrain, a real good mix of tussock, shrublands, beech forest uh, around the lower slopes of Ruapehu, and <clears throat> lots of native birds. Um, and then eventually you'll get to the Taranaki Falls, which has about a 20-metre drop. So, yeah, it is quite an impressive waterfall, and it's flowing over lava, which erupted from Ruapehu 15,000 years ago, Chris. Wow, that's amazing when you can actually think of that time frame. And Mike, tell us about the Mounts Walk. Yeah, just one last one to uh, suggest, Chris. I really think this is interesting. If you're staying at the Chateau um, or just in that area, at the end of day, around sundown, twilight, go on the Mounds Walk Trail. You'll see it's it is signposted. But sundown is just the most incredible time to see this because uh, these are sort of like big mounds uh, scattered across the tussocks, the red tussocks of that volcanic plain. And when the sun dips, it just absolutely lights up uh, this particular landscape. It is so striking. The mounds are debris avalanches um, from Ruapehu's periods of volcanic activity. So that's what these mounds are from thousands of years ago, but really, really, really cool, Chris. Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break. Lauded over by sacred mountains and active volcanoes, studded with primeval rainforest and cut by rushing rivers as clear as cellophane, the Ruapehu district sucks you in like a world unto itself. The drama of the region is power-packed as a year-round wonderland for outdoorsy adventure. Crowned by the triple volcanoes of the Central Plateau in the majestic Tongariro National Park, visit Ruapehu this summer. Visit ruapehu.com. Joining us from Adrift Tongariro Guiding is Stuart Barclay. Great to have you aboard, Stu. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Give us the backstory to Adrift, your guided outdoors adventure company. How long have you been operating? Yeah, well, I moved down to the wonderful Tongariro National Park area 21 years ago, um, having decided to leave the Auckland lifestyle of importing and distributing Disney films and Hanna Barbera videos um, to do something that was um, more up my alley, being in the outdoors with health and fitness and sporting. And um, yeah, we've been going for 20 years. It's been it's been 20 years of an incredible growth, incredible fun, and um, yeah, getting getting out and showing international visitors the the great outdoors. What is it you love about Tongariro National Park? Well, there was not to love. <laughs> there is um, beautiful three mountains. Now, just coming up through Waiuru just a few days ago, you come, come around a corner and bang, right in front of you is the magnificent Ruapehu in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, the South Island's got the great Southern Alps, but we've got these three volcanoes in the middle of absolutely nowhere. It completely contrasts everything else around it. And um, there's always something to explore, something new to go and find. And it's very accessible. So um, I think I love it because it's accessible and the volcanoes and the right there. When I was there, Stu, as you will recall, uh, the weather was volatile, as you'd expect in spring. I guess every day 
creates a different mood, different perspectives. The landscape can look a little bit different from one day to the next. So it's essentially constantly being refreshed, isn't it, when you wake up? Yeah, constantly changing. Um, so we, we have true seasons. We've got a good winter season where there's snow and people come down skiing and they come with us on the winter treks. So that's a true winter. Then in summer, we get the beautiful dry 25 to 28 degrees, very hot. So you see those changes very dramatically in the seasons. And yeah, you know, four seasons in one day, we absolutely get that. It's, it's, it's stunning. No, no day the same. Yeah. Let's talk about the Tongariro Alpine Crossing. And I, I guess for most Kiwis, they would look at that uh, incredible day trek and think, DIY, I will do it myself. If I choose to do the crossing as a guided experience with a drift, what does that entail and what are the benefits? Yeah, it's a really good point. And a lot of Kiwis will get out there and do it themselves and they'll go and run it in an hour and a half has been the record, but under that actually, or take their day to enjoy it. And in good weather, it's, a, it's pretty safe. It's when the weather's not so good, um, which now, in New Zealand, four seasons in one day, we'll have that. Um, and right now, at the moment, we'll get snow, maybe, um, wind, certainly, bit of rain, bit of cloud, um, and even some sunshine. So the guided trip, um, really, it takes the thinking out of it, and, it, and it's safe. So we know if we if it's the weather's getting too bad, that we'll just turn back. Whereas if you're by yourself, you kind of have that determination to get to the end, and you might get yourself into trouble. So safety is number one. And we've been doing it for 20 years. We, um, we love talking a lot <laughs> about anything in particular, <laughs> about geology, about the culture, about what they're seeing. Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a good experience to actually get into the outdoors if you're not that um, happy about your own ability or experience. Then a guided trip's for you. How busy do you think the summer will be without the internationals? Well, I'm really busy fixing up all the equipment and the and the places. Yeah, we, we're very light. We'll be down to about 25% of what we are. The place, the Tongara National Park, will get the Kiwis. They have all been advertised to to come out and enjoy New Zealand. It's going to be um, no other time in our lifetime, I think, to come out and explore something a wee bit different. Don't go to your batch, although do that, and then do this as well. Um, and it really, we're seeing it already. It's It's quiet. It's stunning. I'm loving it. We're, we're getting a bit of business um, and we're loving what business we're doing, showing off. We've got time not to be rushed, not to have hundreds and hundreds of international visitors. Now's the time to come explore Tongariro. Of course, you offer a wealth of guided experiences. Tell us about the Ruapehu Crater Lake Walk, Stu. Yeah, that's very cool. So that's for people that have maybe done Tongariro, uh, want a wee bit more. There's, there's no pathways, there's no poles. It's absolutely for those that have ability and can navigate when the cloud comes in or, again, got the guided trip and come with us. And we've been doing that really successfully over the last six months uh, with Kiwis because it's just a wee bit, more, um, wee bit more challenging. And it's an up and back hike. It's all about getting to the top. I personally expend 95% of my energy to get to the top and then coming down the breeze. It's um it's very very easy coming down. It's um more relaxed. It's about a six to eight hour walk depending, and 
Yeah, it's kind of like Sombrero, but different. Wee bit harsher. And the views are fantastic. You can get right out to the South Island, right up to um, Whakatane Way, Rotorua, Mount Tarawera. On a stunning day, you just can see the whole world. It's beautiful. Incredible. What about the Lord of the Rings tour? So we don't do that as such. We do a half-day trip that goes to some of the places where they filmed the Lord of the Rings. Um, so I worked for them when they were back here in Easter 2000 and helped show them around and drive them around um, and had some nice stories to tell about that. And yeah, we go to those filming sites, which are some of the most beautiful parts of the Tongaro National Park. Tarfai Falls is one side, um, and up Meads Wall on Ruapehu is another side. Around the east side of Ruapehu are other sides down the Waihonu area. So yeah, stunning parts of the world where it's just beautiful to see anyway. That's why they filmed there. It's pretty cool to go and say, well, that's where um, Gandalf died or whatever. <laughs> um, the Whanganui River is obviously another huge magnet in your neighbourhood. What um, what experiences do you offer? Yeah, so we have a, a full range of guiding. Uh, on, so trekking up the Tongaro or Ruapehu, half-day sunset tours for those that aren't quite experienced. Plus, we do one-day and multiple-day guiding on the Whanganui River. Believe it or not, it is one of New Zealand's nine great walks, although it's the only walk you can do sitting down on your on your chuff, um, paddling in the canoe. And we, we kind of specialise in the one-day because that's a, most Kiwis have the weekends off, come down here on a Friday night, do a one-day trek uh, one day or one-day canoe, um, do something for the morning or the Sunday, and then head off home. And the one-day canoeing the top end of the Whanganui River is got a few rapids. It's um, it can be a bit challenging. Um, you can get a a cleansing, um, and but it's all very safe. And we we have a lovely five six hours on the water. Again, telling the stories, making sure everybody's safe, and um, having a nice lunch on the banks of the Whanganui River as we head down. Yeah, so that, that's a really different experience. And what people probably don't know is the source of the Whanganui River is actually on Mount Tangaroa. So um, it's all kind of connected. Fantastic. And by the way, when I do an experience with Drift, I would imagine you can kit me out with um, suitable clothing, footwear, if I, you know, rock up to you in jandals and shorts, too. Yeah, so we've got a tongue in our cheek. Mainly it was for our lovely Swedish and Danish and overseas people. We'll say, we'll dress you up from your beachwear upwards. And uh, your lovely jumper that you're wearing. Um, Mike is probably not quite right for the mountains. We'll put you in fleece and thermals and walking boots and warm hats and gloves or, or sunglasses and hats, whatever you need and don't have to make yourself ha- uh, comfortable and safe for the day we've got in our shop. We've got a lovely shop that um, is kitted out um, with anything you can think of. Well, it was a pleasure to spend time with you, Stu, recently, and you certainly brought the region to life for me with, you know, just so many anecdotes and little nuggets of history and so forth. It really is a remarkable pocket of New Zealand. If you want to find out more about Adrift and all of the experiences they offer and such expertise, you will be in super safe hands. Uh, head to adriftnz.co.nz. Stuart Barclay, great to have you aboard and all the very best for a bumper summer. Thanks a lot, Mike. Great to have you down here. Come back and enjoy some more adventures with us too. Anytime. Certainly will. Thanks, Jim. All right. Bye-bye.
you're with Kiwi Tripsters. That was a good chat, by the way, with Stu. Now, Mike, you've mentioned the Chateau earlier. It looks amazing. And the good thing is they will probably have some good summer deals on offer, won't they? They have got unbelievable deals, Chris. They've got so many accommodation options. So whether you want to stay in a standard room or a heritage room or the Tongarero Spa Suite, maybe the best uh, seat in the house, the Tahuhu Suite. Um, there is a room with your name on it, Chris. And um, one of the silver linings to the closed borders is less demand. So they have absolutely crashed um, their sale prices. There was a deal running uh, in early November. I suspect it will run throughout most of November where you can bag a room at the Chateau for $99 a night. In October, they were offering $130. $99 is what I've seen in November. Um, you know, if you book uh, in the next few months, it's been such a trusty beacon of hospitality, this uh, establishment, the Chateau Tongarero, and definitely home to one of the best high tea experiences in New Zealand. This is probably one of your favourite motel uh, or hotels, rather, can I say, in all of New Zealand, because I know we've spoken off here about this and you absolutely love it. What is it the most you love? I think it's when you walk in, it feels like you've returned to an old friend. It's just got that warm embrace about it. The staff are just exceptional, so friendly, so attentive. They really give life to this legendary haven, and it just purrs away. Um, it's not stuffy. You know, for such a traditional establishment, you might think, oh, is it going to be a bit posh, a bit stuffy, a bit starchy? It's not at all. Um, the dining is just superb in the Ruapehu restaurant. Uh, whether it's their buffet breakfast service, which is just so divine. I love their chocolate fountain they've introduced recently. Um, or at night, signature New Zealand cuisine at dinner. Um, it really is just a fabulous place to gorge yourself, Chris. And yeah, there are some sensational deals on offer for summer. Now, from the Chateau, it's a very short drive to Whakapapa and the year-round Sky Waka Gondola. Yes, I checked this out for the first time um, just a few weeks ago. It's about a year old now. And of course, the ski season's finished, but this has completely changed people's perceptions of Ruapehu and accessibility in the summertime. So this gondola will zip you up to the top of the ski field into New Zealand's highest restaurant, the Pinnacles. The sightseeing on the gondola for summer begins December 12. So pre-Christmas, you'll go up to over 2,000 metres at six metres per second. And it's your sort of gondola, Chris. It is luxury comfort, floor-to-ceiling windows and Italian leather seats in the Skywalker. Oh, this sounds very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Aside from eating at the top, what can you do over summer? Yeah, you could do a lot of eating around Ruapehu. Um, well, after I had sort of done my dash with food and drink, there were walks. There were walks calling, Chris. Uh, so from the top of the Skywalker, you can do the Skyline Walk, which is a three-hour return affair, which takes you about another 300 metres higher on Ruapehu from the, where the Skywalker stops. Uh, but you'll get amazing panoramas of Lake Taupo from the Skyline Ridge. If you're feeling really virtuous, and I wasn't, instead of riding down Skywalker, you can walk down. 
and just follow the same route, basically, as the waka. Um, it takes about 90 minutes on what they call the waterfall descent track if you are fit and you are happy to walk over rocky volcanic terrain, Chris. No problem. I'll do it on my jandals. Let's run through some of the other must-dos in the region. There must be some amazing Māori history sites as well, Mike. Yes. Let me mention a couple of quickies. Uh, definitely check out to put to Poredi Redoubt. Now, this was the last major battle site of the New Zealand wars um, 151 years ago. And at the site, you can see the fortification Māori built. And they were trying to ape um, the, the fortifications of the British uh, as a defensive position. They didn't really nail it. Um, so it wasn't successful for them. Um, but Takuti uh, was, of course, the key figure here um, in this battle. And also, very close to, to Port Eddie Redoubt, the birthplace of the Kamatehaka at Opot, uh, Opotaka. Now, this was an old par site at Opotaka. It edges Lake Rotawaira, and this was where... Taropraha sought refuge on his long trek from Waikato uh, to Kapiti Island, and it was here that he performed Kamate for the first time after hiding in that Kuma pit. So, you know, that's some pretty powerful New Zealand history there, Chris. Well, interesting you say that because we're close to the birthplace of the Kamati Haka, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, very much so. So um, that is at Lake Rotawaira. It's a beautiful little lake, soft blue, mirror-like surface lake, and it was at that settlement that the Ngāti Toa chief um, was seeking shelter from uh, his raiding base, so or the warring party who are after him. So, yeah, really cool to check out. Are the Forgotten World rail carts back in action? I heard they were. Yes, and I'm so excited about this because it is such a thrilling way to experience the rolling hinterland, the Forgotten World, as it's been nicknamed, southwest of Tomata Nui. I've done the half-day tour on these rail carts, which are a bit like golf carts on railway tracks. That will give you the idea of how, how easy they are to operate. Um, and you'll go through hand-dug railway tunnels and across 25 bridges on the line that previously connected Stratford, Taranaki, with Tomoranui, and the, the the railway was decommissioned by Kiwi Rail uh, quite some years ago now and has been turned over for tourism. It's a really cool romp on those rails. Do it this summer. And, of course, you can read more about our chats on the Rupahu District on For the Love of Travel website or on kiwitripsters.co.nz. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to like our Facebook page. And, of course, all the show notes are available on the website. Mike, I want to see some of those beautiful images, please. Absolutely, Chris. Thank you very much. And, yes, um, if you want to see those fuller stories, just go to fortheloveoftravel.net.nz. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Take care. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.